The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio. As we get closer and closer to the NFL draft, uh, you guys that have been listening right along know that uh, that I've been trying to bring you some opinions from a variety of draft analysts. We've talked to Jim Nagy from the Senior Bowl. We've talked to TJ McCrate from 33rd Team. We've talked to Nate Cooper from Sports Info Solutions. And today I have Chad Reiter of NFL.com, nationally known draft analyst, guy who uh, who does lots and lots of mock drafts for NFL.com. So, uh, Chad, thank you very, very much for uh, for spending some time. Yeah, no problem. And uh, thanks for having me on. And as Rob Bass once said, I might not be internationally known, but I'm known to rock the microphone. So that's what we're going to do here today. Uh, and uh, and uh, looking forward to it. Cool. And, you know, as I was listing off draft analysts, I, I forgot your friend and mine, Matt Waldman, and he'll be mad yes. at me if I don't mention him. So uh, so we've we've had Matt on as well. So, you know, and Matt's Matt's one guy that you and I both know. If you're going to talk to Matt, you need to chisel out a long, long, long <laughs> bracket. Yeah, and Matt, and Matt doesn't get mad. So, uh, <laughs> you know, he, won't be, he wouldn't be mad. He'd just get even. There you go. So we are going to do something today. You know, I've talked to several different draft analysts, you know, about, about prospects. And we wind up talking a lot about the same guys. We're going to do something a little different. Chad does so many mock drafts, four round mock drafts, seven round mock drafts, and the the entire NFL community gets to pick on Chad's mocks. So yes, I'm right. I'm gonna let Chad have a little fun today, and I'm gonna let Chad pick apart the seven round mock draft that I did on Sunday. Yeah. I've been doing those mock drafts, started with three rounds way back in January. And now I'm up to seven rounds as we get closer, you know, to the draft. And and I'm going to what I'm going to do is I'm, I'm going to put myself on the hot seat and, and let Chad sort of pick apart, you know, my mock draft. So uh, so let's so let's get right into that uh, round one. We'll go right through round one to round seven. I used the NFL mock draft database simulator which I use most of the time simply because it offers not one person's opinion 
of a draft board, but it offers a consensus draft board, which which hopefully will be a little bit more realistic. So to get started here, what I did in round one, pick number 25, is I actually traded down, moved down six spots with the Kansas City Chiefs, got back a third round pick, number 95 overall, which I think is pretty realistic value if you look at trade charts. And I ended up landing on Brian Branch, Alabama safety, uh, with that 31st pick overall. So, so Chad, you know, w- was I nuts to trade down there? How did I, how did I wind up doing there? You know, Ed, this is the worst mock draft. Of, no, I'm just kidding. I, I just I just feel the need to say that once in my life to somebody because I've heard hey, it so many times. I, I, I no, put myself you know on what? that hot seat. Yeah, no. <laughs> No, it's actually uh, I projected the the Giants to trade down. Um, I think my last four round mock. Um, I've done so many iterations of these things. I forget whether I did it or whether I did it and then changed it. Um, but anyway, I, I think the Giants or the Jaguars uh, are in the position to to trade down. Um, so I, I agreed that this is a real possibility. And uh, Brian Branch is an excellent player. He's a second round athlete, a first round player. So we'll see which one of those, um, you know, plays out in the end for, for teams. If he if he falls out of the first or if he doesn't, um, I think he's a heck of a football player. I think he'd be perfect for what they need. I think I've projected Cam Smith from South Carolina um, when when the Giants trade down for them to take him because uh, he's that similar player. He can play nickel and slide and he can play all over the place. Some teams will have him as a safety. So. Uh, yep, we're, I'm right on right on uh, your thinking there, and I think the Giants would do well to. They haven't traded down for a while in the first, and I think it's about time that, that they do so. Yeah, hopefully, you know, Dave Gettleman did in his last draft, and it didn't work out so well for the Giants. I think yeah. Dave did it partially just to prove to the NFL world that he would do it. Right, and right. Uh, but but it didn't work out really well. I supported that move. I just think the Giants picked the wrong player when they picked Kadarius Tonys. Yeah. Yep. So I'm just curious real quickly before we move to 37, what is it that you like about Cam Smith? Because I did see your pick of Smith in, in your in your mock. Well, like I said, you know, super competitive, um, uh, you know, has some flexibility, even though he, he's not the biggest guy. Well, again, like Branch, uh, neither of them are the biggest guys, but they play tough for their size. Um, Smith won't back down to anybody and you can play him. Like, like I said, outside nickel, um, little safety as well. So I, I think he's got the ver- same versatility branch does. Um, and we'll see whether Smith is considered again, he's in that, that range of, you know, late first, early second, where are they going to go? Um, because once you get out of the top 20 to 22 guys, then it's a free for all for the next, you know, 30 picks. So, uh, yeah. you know, that's the similar guys with similar thoughts. How many guys do you have with pure first round draft grades? Um, I think right now I'm at 21. I don't have my list right in front of me here, but uh, just you know, yeah, that's just right. Yeah, I mean that's and that's pretty typical for for a year. Um, you know, I, I think that's what most what most teams. Well, I think what most teams would have like 18 to 20, but then you accumulate them over the whole league, and it ends up being you know 22 to 23 players mm-hmm. um, that that carry that that true first round grade. Okay, so let's move to round two. And what I did here, um, I made what wound up, you know, in the comments at Big Blue View being a sort of controversial move here. 
I took some of my extra draft resources. Joe Shane enters the draft with 10 picks. I don't think he's going to use all 10. I think he'll move around the board. Moving down gave me 11. I moved up 20 spots to 37, mostly, to be honest with you, mostly to get ahead of the New York Jets Mm -hmm. and make, because I think the Jets are in the market for center. I wanted my choice of the two top centers on the board here. And I went with Joe Tipman, which I freely admit in my post that that when push comes to shove, I might be riding the wrong horse in terms of which guy yeah. gets picked first. But yeah. I'm curious what you think of the pick and what you think of the idea of moving up there. Uh, I think Tipman is, um, I, I think, as you mentioned in your article, John Michael Schmitz would probably be the guy they trade up for. That would be my guess. Uh, and I think Tipman, if they hang on until later in the second round, they could get Tipman a little bit later. Uh, but if they, again, if they really want the guy that they want, there's always a couple of picks in the top, you know, five, six picks in the second round. So uh, I think if the Giants want to get ahead of the Jets, they'll have to trade ahead uh, or they'll have to move up. And then Schmitz, I think, would be the pick. So I think the reasoning, the, the, the interesting thing is, if the Jets trade those two second round picks to Green Bay for Aaron Rodgers, then the Giants may not have to move up as as far, and they may be able to hang back a bit and wait for the the center like Tipman probably mm-hmm. um, to uh, to fall into to them to at the end of the second round. So um, yeah, I wouldn't doubt that something like this happens. My guess would be for Schmitz, but mm-hmm. um, you know either way in the second round they're, they're probably looking center. Yeah, that's that's what I thought. I I and I I go back and forth. I think Schmitz is the safer play, you know. But I think I you know I I I hey, just I can't. Tipman could be a very good center too. Like right. there's nothing nothing wrong with either of them. I'm a Wisconsin guy, so I tend mm-hmm. to be a little harder on the Wisconsin guys than <laughs> other people do. Um, but but so I expect both guys to be longtime starting center. So I don't know that you could really go wrong either way. All right. Round three, I ended up with another little move up. I think I moved up three spots here, or actually moved down three spots here um, and picked up uh, picked up another pick later in the draft. What did I pick up here? Um, okay, no, I Henry. got this I got the sixth round. I, I got the oh. uh, you know, I, I actually ended up so so what yeah, so I actually moved up here three spots to get Day and Henley, the linebacker from Washington State. I couldn't remember yeah. if I moved up or moved down. And there's uh, gonna be some interest in him in the third round for sure. So mm-hmm. a team may have to move up a few spots to get him. You like that pick there? I mean, if you yeah. look at some of the players that I left, I left a bunch of the wide receivers, you know, Mims and Tank Dell and Tyler Scott, and I left uh, you know, um Jaden Reed, I left Darius Rush there as well. Well, I'm guessing that, um, in my opinion, Mims, Dell, uh, Spears, Rush, and uh, maybe not Reed. But most of those guys will probably be gone by that point, is my guess. So, mm-hmm. uh, But I think if you're looking for a linebacker in the third round, Henley is one of those guys, Owen Peppo from – from uh, Auburn also. So I think one of those two guys would be their linebacker fit there. And um, so I, you know, they're both, I don't know if Henley's the most instinctive player, but he's certainly a good chaser. Um, and and Pepo's got that athleticism as well. So 
uh, I think he's the right area of the draft, and um, and I think uh, I think it'd be a, a solid pick for him. Yeah, I just didn't feel like there was another linebacker. If I waited, I didn't feel like there yeah. was another comparable guy to to Henley's skill set. This is not this is not a deep th- draft that linebacker either. So that's I agree that there's going to be some positioning in round three. I don't know the Seahawks maybe get a young linebacker. Some other teams are kind of interested, and they're not going to use a. There's not going to be as many first and second round linebackers this year, so there's going to be some competition in the third probably. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Cool. So fourth round, I went with cornerback. We're into day three picks. Now I went with Kai Blue Kelly, cornerback out of Stanford. I wasn't I, I I was looking at this board and I just I wasn't thrilled with what was there. Mm-hmm. Um but uh I I could have easily talked myself into Michael Wilson from Stanford. I could mm-hmm. have talked myself into Sean Tucker, the running back from from Syracuse. I could have talked myself into Ajomo, the defensive mm-hmm. tackle from Texas. So I'm just curious what you think about about the value here. You don't you don't want to see Riley Moss as re you know the rebirth of Jason Seahorn uh, with the Giants, huh? Well, you know I get it, uh, but I think um, I think Kelly could go third round, so he may be gone by this point. But if he's available um, in the fourth, I think it's a solid pick. Uh, he had some issues at times this year in coverage, which caused his stock to drop a little bit. But uh, overall, a really good player. He, he's just got to stay with his man. He, he cannot give up space to his man because he just doesn't have the recovery ability to make it up. So if you can get him in a system that allows him um, to focus on his guy, maybe in, or you know, if you play enough zone where he could just come forward and make a, make a stick, he's in good shape there. So um, I think the value in the fourth round would be very good if he's still available. And I agree that that's a position they need to, to work on. And um, that would be one of the better picks um, of the guys that could be available. You like Moss too. I think he's a good fourth, fifth round guy. Um, I think he's, he's, you know, a lot of teams will want to move him to safety, just like they've always wanted to do, you know, to everybody, Uh, every team has wanted to do to Riley, but I think he can play outside. uh, And and I think he, he's going to be a real solid pick, you know, fourth, fifth round pick that, you know, he's, he's going to be a reserve, maybe works away into a starting role, but he's going to be a guy you, you just don't want to cut um, in, in the end. So, and at cornerback position, there's so much attrition that you need these guys in the mid rounds to step up. Yeah, okay. So round five, pick number 175, as it works out uh, with all of my, uh, all of my moving around here, um, Bryce Ford Wheaton, wide receiver from West Virginia, uh, was my choice. And for me, I looked at it. I haven't picked a wide receiver yet to add to uh, to what the Giants have. And and for me, I just I just looked at the measurables and I looked at at, at basically the the size, speed, weight, yeah. all of that. And and I thought it's day three. 
I'm going to take a swing at seeing if if the Giants could develop this. Yeah, and he he's he flashes uh, real talent, and that's the thing that's going to separate him from a lot of the receivers on day three is that size. Um, and, 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 you know, obviously the giants have a lot of guys that are smaller receivers, um, and they hope Wandale Robinson can come back and be an impact player. And maybe they get out of something out of Sterling Shepard this year. So if you want size on day three, he's one of the guys you want to look at. Yeah. And I think, you know, Matt Waldman, rookie scouting portfolio in, in comparing Ford Wheaton to NFL players basically looked at him and said the upside, the ceiling for him is Allen Robinson. Mm-hmm. And and when I look at that, I'm like, you know, I'll take that in the fifth round. Yeah, I mean, that's an upside, you know, right. comparison, right? So, like, right. the chances are he's not going to quite be that. But, uh, again, simply with his body, his, his ability, he's got to be consistent as a receiver. And some of these guys in day three, they either figure it out or they don't. And if he can, um, he's going to be a real threat on the outside to, to smaller corners and be able to box them out, get downfield. And you just hope that you can find a Darius Slayton kind of guy that works his way, you know, makes progress. And by, you know, year two or three, you know, you've really got something. All right. So round six, I went with. And I'm going to butcher the first name. I'm going to butcher the pronunciation. Viliami Fihoko. You can call him Junior. You can call him Junior. He goes by Junior. So, all right. And, and, uh, you know, it's a good pick here. I I think he could be gone in round four or five. But Mm -hmm. uh, if he's he's a really – he tested better athletically than people thought. Uh, And so I think, you know, he's a really – he's a big guy. He, he played on the outside, even though he probably played at 275, 280 pounds. He might shed a little bit of that in the league and to, to play outside. But, yeah, really, really solid player. Base end, fourth, you know, if you, you can play him as a base end 4-3. You can play him as a five technique because he's pretty strong. But he st- stood up quite a bit at San Jose, too. So I think he's got enough quickness. He's got enough strength to play outside, kind of a Sam role, um, and, and – provide a little bit more strength on the edge than Aziz Ozolari and, and some of the other guys they might have. So uh, it's a good complimentary pick as an edge for the Giants, I think. All right. So let's – before we move to the seventh round, something that I want to do, in a lot of these mocks where I've gone seven rounds for the Giants, I keep coming back to quarterback at this particular yeah. pick. I think that the Giants, you know, with Daniel Jones, with Tyrod Taylor, they've got their starter, they've got their backup yep. for 2023. I'm not trying not to read a whole heck of a lot into into them visiting with Hendon Hooker. Uh, you know, who knows yeah. what that who knows what that means. Right. But but look, the I think yeah, I think the guys going. Yeah, yeah, teams I, talk to guys like that during the draft process in case they become a free agent three years from now. So, like, you have to do your due diligence with these guys now, get a feel for them, and keep them on your board and say, hey, if this guy comes available, if Daniel Jones gets hurt, or, you know, three years from now it's just not working out, and this guy comes up, we want to know something about him. So, you know, right. that's that's all they're doing there. Yeah, and maybe if they, you know, maybe if they're if they're looking for a trade candidate, you know, they want to know as much as they can. So mm-hmm. that's that's a possibility. But what I I keep coming back at two oh nine at this spot in round six, yeah. keep coming back to quarterback. 
and you know, I keep coming back to Jake Hayner from Fresno State, mm-hmm. but but I'm just curious if you think that that this, whether it's Hayner or somebody else, you know, that this sort of round five, round six, round seven is a good spot to to pick up a developmental quarterback. Yeah, I think there's going to be tons of them taken from Clayton Toon from Houston to Dorian uh, Thompson Robinson. Uh, you know, I mean, there's just going to be there's going to be a few taken. And uh, it, it's interesting. It, it could be like last year where if there's a run in the fifth and early sixth round, then teams will start picking them up because they'll be like, we don't want to wait until they're undrafted free agents. Right. So it's really going to be interesting to see if one or two come off the board, then do another three come off the board just to make sure that they get a guy in the building. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I think my spoiler here, hopefully I, I don't have this wrong, but I think I have them taking Sean Clifford in the seventh, um, sixth or seventh, maybe. In... And, and, uh, and I think, you know, that's the kind of guy that they're looking for that maybe could become something with time, you know, something like that. So right. I, I think that's, I think that's what I'm, what I'd be ruling with in my seven round mock draft that comes mm-hmm. out um, in a few days. In a few days. There you go. Yeah. yeah. I was, I was, I was going to ask you when you're, when your next iteration, is that going to be your final one? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I think and I have. Funny. I'm good. I'm good with that being <laughs> the final one. Yeah. I've been, uh, I've been doing these once a week just for discussion, just for weekend content. I've been doing at least three rounds since the end of January, and and I'm mocked out. I'm scenarioed out. You try to yeah. I try to do them differently every week, just as much to to provide discussion and about That's different right. players and different scenarios than anything else. That's all they're for. I mean, mm-hmm. you just can't predict that far down in terms of, you know, who's going to be picked by whom and all that. When I do them, I'm really just trying to give people a general idea of which where guys could be selected, the general area in which they're going to be selected, and maybe bring up some names that they hadn't really heard of yet and uh, mm-hmm. to look into them and stuff like that. So that's what it's all about. And it's, it's all for fun. It's just all puzzles. It's just a different form of puzzle than, than the one your grandma put on the kitchen table, you know, years ago and, and started uh, messing around with. That's all it is. Yeah. You know, puzzles, I love puzzles, except I yeah. hate doing a thousand piece puzzle and realizing, you know, you've only got 998 of the pieces. That's right. And in my, in for mock drafts, it's more like you, you only need 500 pieces, but they give you, you know, a thousand pieces and you have to figure out which pieces out of those are going to make up the one in your 259, uh, you know, uh, mock draft or your, you know, the real draft of 259, but you've got a thousand players to choose from. So uh, have you ever, have you ever bothered to count in any of your mock drafts, you know, how many players you actually got right, at least in terms of, of how many of those players actually got drafted? Oh, um, yeah, it, it's probably you're going to miss on 20 guys, um, probably 20 to 30, just because mm-hmm. there's, like I said, there's so many. Uh, and, um, you know, matching team and round is nearly impossible after the second round. But, you know, you usually you get a couple. Like I think last year I had Marcus Jones going to the Patriots in the third round. And then I had Connor Hayward going to the Steelers in the sixth round. Um, and you know, in previous years I've had like Amari Rogers going at the pick he went, but I had him going to, I think it was Tennessee instead of the Packers trading into that pick to go get him. So, you know, mm-hmm. there's funny things like that, that happen every sure. year, but it's just, you know, part of the process and, it, and it's fun to see how it turns out. 
All right, so let me quickly summarize this. The Giants have three picks in the seventh round. Yep. And and I'm going to hate Joe Shane if he doesn't get rid of a couple of these picks on on the final day of the draft because, you know, I, Joe needs to understand none of us who cover this team want to work that hard on Saturday afternoon. Yeah. We don't want to be sitting there all day writing writing blurbs on seventh-round draft picks. So, well, Joe, come on. You got to find a team to take them. Right. I mean, that, and that's the hard thing with seventh round picks. They're not valued in right. much in terms of trades and all that. So you end up just having to use them. And, and uh, you know, you have to work a little less hard on the undrafted free agent list that you accumulate. Uh, so there you that, go. That's the trade off. There you go. So my three seventh round picks, I'm just going to give you all three together. Jared Clark, defensive lineman from Coastal Carolina, because Joe has said again and again and again that he wants to upgrade the run defense and the defensive line depth. Grant DuBose, wide receiver out of Charlotte, because he was sitting there, and and our friend Matt Waldman just loves this guy's upside. And the third one I picked was John Gaines, the second interior offensive lineman out of UCLA, guy that uh, one of my draft analysts, Nick Filato, really likes as a late choice. So, uh did I, did I get anything of value there in, in round seven? Yeah, actually, I have all three of these guys going in the fifth or sixth round. So, yeah, the value would be excellent with all these guys in the seventh round. Um, I like Clark in the fifth. There's going to be a lot of teams looking for that athletic big man in the fifth, early sixth round. So he's a great, great fit there. Gaines is a very athletic uh, guard. So, again, I think sixth round, fifth round, somebody's going to want him you know, in their building. Uh, and then uh, I forgot. Oh, Dubose is a guy that I looked at before the season as a potential top 120 pick. Wow. Uh, so I, I like him quite a bit. And I think he'll, you know, the receiver drafts a little down this year and there may not be as much um, interest in guys in the fourth, fifth round. So a guy like this could, you know, potentially drop. But, um, yeah, I really like him as an outside guy. He, he's very fluid, very reliable catcher. So, you know, Matt and I have talked about him in the past. And um, I, I like him going early. And if they could get two, if they could get a couple of these guys in the seventh round, um, I think you should be happy to write about them and uh, <laughs> not worry about going a little bit later on Saturday. There you go. You know, it's always interesting using a simulator because you, you, you try to stick to the board as it's presented to you. Yeah, right. And, and, as I said, I, I the the mock the NFL mock draft database simulator. At least it's not one guy's opinion. Exactly. It, exactly. But it's it's a consensus of all the mocks and all the big boards, and so yeah. so you have a chance of being more realistic. But still, as you said, once you get past a couple of rounds, it's yeah. Once you get past like the top 180 players or so, it's it's you know there could be. 200 guys that could easily go. So it's, you're just not, it's trying to come, trying to figure out who's going to be fifth, sixth or seventh round picks is very difficult. Uh, But you picked some good players and and in the end, that's all you can really do. Um, And uh, you know, guys end up being seventh round picks that we don't expect every year. So, uh, but it's just a fun exercise. And, and look, if the giants end up with the guys you picked, I think they would be very happy. So, so I did okay. And, and, you and, you know, I, I, I survived the hot seat, and and I hope I hope you enjoyed the the opportunity to uh, to be on on the judgment side of one of these. Absolutely. Mock drafts. And the thing is, as I do my mock uh, my uh, 
snap draft grades every year and everybody mm-hmm. rips me because I don't, you know, give Fs and Ds very often or whatever. But the thing is, when you study these players all year long and you really get in, into what teams need in the short and long term, teams generally make pretty good decisions based on their team and the value and all that. And when and sometimes the value isn't great. So I make a note of that. But really, for most people, I've done enough scenarios, looking through enough scenarios and thinking that a lot of things make sense in this draft. So I, I don't mm-hmm. tend to be as harsh as some other people. So you picked a good guy, good, good, <laughs> good guy to be your judge. Um, but, right. but, you know, look, if you if you would have picked somebody that I thought wasn't of good value, I, w- I would say so. So. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be a good judge and I right. uh, really appreciate you giving me the opportunity. Hey, so, you know, thank you. Thank you for doing this. I, I, you know, it, it was fun to uh, it was fun to sit in the hot seat and have someone judge my judge my work. So uh, why don't you why don't you let folks uh, know where they can reach you on Twitter and all that good stuff uh, before I let you go? Yeah, um, you can check out my stuff on NFL.com. Obviously, uh, many talented writers uh, that I'm blessed to work with. Lance Erline, Darren, Daniel Jeremiah, Bucky Brooks, etc., um, watch Path to the Draft every day uh, if, if you get there. And uh, and um, so you can reach me on Twitter at Chad underscore writer, R-E-U-T-E-R. This time of year, I'm more busy working than tweeting. But, uh, but uh, you know, if everybody wants to send me a note, and I'll, if I can get a question in, uh, answered, you know, I'll do that. Uh, but, um, you know, again, Ed, thanks a lot for, for having me on. Hey, we appreciate it very, very much. Giants fans, thank you as always for listening. Please remember to stay safe out there, take care of each other, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.